Hello and welcome to the Tech for Good podcast. We're here to meet the fascinating people who are using technology to drive the change that they want to see in the world. From transforming public services, education and healthcare to confronting humanity's greatest social and environmental challenges. If you're interested in meeting the people who are using technology to change our world, then you are in the right place. I'm Romilly Broad, and in today's episode, I'm very happy to say that we're joined actually live in an actual room um, with some illustrious guests. And uh, what we're going to be doing today is exploring the role that technology is playing in supporting the mission of AMREF Health Africa. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, AMREF has been around for more than six decades. Uh, it was founded originally, uh, as far as I understand it, by three enterprising flying doctors, but has since grown to become an absolutely enormous organisation that operates uh, multinationally, but is in particular focused on sub-Saharan Africa and delivering uh, access to sustainable quality healthcare. And it's been doing that for a very long time. It does that at a very high level. It engages with governments, with international aid agencies, um, with health ministries, but it spends a lot of its time at the community level across multiple countries and even in the, on the individual level, um, educating, teaching, delivering services, delivering investments in health infrastructure and so on. It, it's, uh, it's an incredibly influential organisation. Now, one of the success stories in that part of the world over the last few years has been the proliferation of uh, mobile connectivity. It's actually quite widespread now and that's enabled AMREF to look at how innovative it can be with uh, digital technologies and how that can help to to deliver the services that it's trying to offer. Now that's been very successful, there's a number of tools that it's been using but it has its limits uh, or it did until now. Today we're here to discuss a fairly remarkable collaboration between GSK, the global uh, biotechnology and pharmaceutical company, who have been a very long-standing and one of uh, AMREF's biggest supporters over, I think, more than three decades now, uh, and Cognizant, uh, who are obviously a multinational IT services company. Um, they have addressed a limitation of AMREF's digital capabilities in a way that should uh, go some way to transforming their ability to continue to uh, improve access to healthcare in, in sub-Saharan Africa at at a greater scale and efficiency. So uh, first of all, I'd like to welcome Fiona Smith-Layton to, to the show. Um, Fiona is uh, Head of Global Health Strategy and Operations, yep. have I got that right, at GSK? Um, so I think therefore has a particular and passionate interest in, in, in all of this, as well as presumably with lots of other things around the world. But um, we've also got rock star engineer, uh, Satish Kumar Manakam uh, and Head of Life Sciences Rohit Alimchandani from Cognizant so welcome aboard as well so Satish first of all to you um, what is it that you've done I understand that this has been quite a labour of love for you personally um, and I'm sure there's lots of other people involved as well but um, what was the challenge that AMREF had what, what were the technologies it was using and what have you done to make it even better it was an interesting challenge that was thrown at us. Uh, when we heard the challenge, it was called flatten the curve when COVID outbreak, right? So they wanted us to come and flatten the curve in Africa. But when we got closer to solve the challenge or the problem that they had, we understood AMREF doesn't take care of only COVID. It was like other diseases and malnutrition and other 
problems that they had in Africa, right? So they mm. take care of the public health in Africa and 19 different countries in South Africa, right? So they actually wanted to go and help these people and they were like, can you create some reports for us, dashboards for us? And if you're in the public health, why do you want to create reports? That's the first question that we asked. What does the reports mean to you, right? And then they came up with, we have a training platform. We train people. We have And all these health workers who work on the ground are trained health workers, right? They're not the educated doctors. They are trained health workers, and that's why they're called as health workers, right? So these people, they go and help people on the ground. But, so what, what, but still, what is your problem statement? What are we trying to solve here is... They have a training platform, they have a service delivery uh, platform that takes care of what they do on the ground, but they didn't know what's the demand and supply that they manage. So, which is all the tools and platforms that they had was working in silos, they're not talking between them, right? Mm. So they didn't know to correlate these data that they had in different systems and then make meaningful inferences so they can make better decisions for future projects and also manage the demand and supply. So that was the ultimate challenge that they had. Right. And um, Fiona, if we, if we broaden that out to the, the broader context um, for AMREF and their work, um, obviously you'll be very familiar with that. Um, how, uh, we know that GSK has been involved with that for a long time, and GSK was a progenitor of this particular project, as I understand it, um, in terms of saying, here's a need, let's figure out how to solve it. Um, can you give us a bit of the backstory in terms of GSK's uh, involvement with AMREF? Yeah, yeah, no, it's brilliant. It's an organisation we've worked with for 30 years, you're right. Um, specifically in the last 10 years, we've been working with them on training community health workers, Satish, which is exactly the, 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 the end user of your system that you're talking about. They're not necessarily trained doctors. They are healthcare workers. They get out into the communities and meet people in their homes where they need it. And we've been working with them um, primarily recently on TB and malaria and improving diagnosis of TB and malaria and treatment of TB and malaria. And in the time of COVID, they were noticing vastly increased uh, need for their services. They came to us, and I think that's when we initiated the conversation with you, Cognizant. It was just kind of a crazy idea back then of you know, there's this need there, there's this partner which we work with and we think are great. They, there seems to be a tech need. We don't really know exactly what it is, and there was an initial conversation, and it kind of all all snowballed for them, from them um, from then on. So, um, yeah. Great. So, um, I just Satish, to go back to you, the um, my understanding is there are three three main platforms that that Amref uses on the ground. Two of which are involved in the education and the and the teaching of community workers, um, delivered via digital means, via phones, uh, and the other one of which is a data collection tool. But by combining those things, and they're quite separate and they don't work together until you came along and yeah. fixed that problem. Now you can take information from all of those systems to generate a dashboard. Is that, is that the, my, uh, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, I think you got that right, right? In simple terms, you have bringing everything together. But uh, so they wanted to integrate, right? So initial ask was, can you integrate? Can you do this? But we don't want a complex because we are technology experts, bring in a lot of technology and all of that. And one of the things that we thought through was this is a, NGO, a charity organization trying to help. So we also thought through what we build should not be complex, but be more robust in how they use it and then how they run it after we build this as well, right? So we thought of not disturbing the tools and also not bring something new into the environment from a cost perspective and also from a 
adapting a new technology into the landscape because they're not a technology company. We so initially tried designing everything within their environment, the tools that they had. So we thought of building something, uh, an integration layer using their training platforms. Can they talk to the service delivery tools? And so can the service delivery tools can push data into the training and correlate? But there was a gap in between because they didn't have the integration layer. So we built an integration layer that can communicate between these platforms, bring data together. And we also used open source there with a thoughtfulness that if I'm going to bring any new software technology that shouldn't be a run cost for them to run it, right? And this should scale as well as they scale into many countries where they operate today, 36 different countries across the globe, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what we did. Great, and, and Rohit, obviously this is um, an exciting project to be a part of, I assume. So can you give us a, a bit more idea about how this fits within Cognizant's general approach to, to helping organizations of this type? Well, I think we have a, a broader um, ESG strategy where we, where we look at um, focused on social as well, where we look at helping uh, organizations uh, like AMREF. But I think in, in this particular case, um, when GSK approached us and said, look, this is a great opportunity for you to come in and engage uh, and really make a difference in the world, I think we were super excited. There was a hackathon that was run. Um, we participated, we won that, and then from there, it was really about working very closely in collaboration with AMREF. So I think from our strategy, it, it is, I think this project is very reflective of that um, in the sense that what we want to do is work with these companies to offer them solutions, not just go and thrust or, or, or really um, put in our perspectives. I think we want to understand their problems, um, really down to what is the, what is the root cause of what's... Um, causing those problems and then address those root causes. And I think one thing that's been um, quite incredible about the collaboration that Satish uh, has had uh, and his team, along with AMREF and GSK, has been calls where they've debated and you've seen the evolution of what started off as a very small scope of requirements into something that's actually a very broad spectrum and sustainable solution to actually improve health of um, you know, the, the countries that AMREF are, are targeting. So uh, really something that we're quite proud of, but overall that, that's, uh, that's been our focus. Work very closely with these companies and focus primarily on um, how we can collaborate to solve the problem rather than come in with, you know, set ideas. Absolutely. And so um, it's worth saying at this point that we were, we were supposed to have another person in the room today. Um, and uh, that was uh, Camilla Knox Peebles, the CEO of um, uh, AMREF UK, um, who was going to tell us exactly what this means to AMREF on the ground. Unfortunately, a COVID outbreak has meant that she couldn't actually join us, which is a real shame. Happily, however, we do have some input from someone who is literally on the ground at AMREF. Uh, speaking to us from Nairobi is uh, Diana Makami, who's the Director of Digital Learning programs at AMREF. She has been very close to the development of this project. She um, is very clear what the outcomes and the benefits are going to be. And uh, here she is telling us a little bit more about what that means. So the, the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, it has just reminded us of challenges that were existing. And of course, it has also made, you know, many of them worse. So in a, in a way, um, it's a good um, emergency because it has really brought to surface uh, many of those challenges and remind us, uh, reminded us why we need to be looking at investing more and more into the health sector. One of them being just uh, issues around access. You could look at access in terms of 
affordability. So how do you make sure that whatever health services exist, that people actually are able to afford them so they can then get the help that they need. Um, you could look at access also in terms of even awareness. So do I know, you know, the link between uh, my nutrition, my lifestyle, my environment and my health and what can I do about uh, beginning to take care of that health. We could also look at access in terms of uh, infrastructure challenges. So is there a facility near me that I can go and access? Um, is there a road that allows me to get there? When I get there, um, will I actually find somebody to give me the service? Is there a health worker? And does this health worker know what to do with me? We can also look at uh, infrastructure or other, other challenges in terms of the health workforce. So there's a, you know, a struggle of how do you get the right number of health workers, even with the growing uh, population in Africa? I think right now we're about uh, 1.4 billion and that's projected to double in the next couple of decades. How do you make sure that those health workers, not, not just the numbers, but they have the right education and training? And how are you even determining what, you know, what is the right education and training? And then there is a question of um, data. What is the government or what are people using to make their decisions? So, you know, the ideal would be that you're able to collect data from a household level, uh, starting with even understanding their demographics. Who lives in this house? Uh, how many people? Uh, how old are they? Are they male or female? Um, are they of reproductive age? Um, uh, do the children need vaccination and so forth? So being able to collect that data from the household level uh, the, the health facilities all the way to the national level and beyond in a way that, you know, you can sense make, uh, you know, from that data. How do you collect it? How do you collate it? And how do you make sure that it's being analyzed and then, and then being used for decision making? So as an organization and, and many other, you know, partners and stakeholders are working in this space, we are always looking at how can we uh, leverage technology to remove or minimize some of the barriers um, that are there in terms of delivery of quality healthcare services. Um, so the fact that we do not have enough uh, brick and mortar schools to be able to train as many um, you know, health workers as we need, we then have to look at using technology because you know, the faculty that is within these institutions is already stretched. Uh, so we've used um, you know, digital learning uh, to be able to increase numbers, but also to increase skills. So we have uh, a smart uh, technology, a smart app technology called Jibu. Jibu means um, answer in Swahili, uh, and that is targeted towards smartphones. But we also have Leap, uh, which is another digital learning tool that um, mainly uses um, interactive voice recordings as well as text messages, because we know that some of our health workers, for example, community health workers, um, only have basic phones. Um, we also have a digital tool that is looking at strengthening data collection. This process of data collection uh, was manual and remains manual in some of the countries. Um, and in some countries, they began to digitize that. So we have a digital tool that you know has um, digitize the tools from the ministries of health from the household level and that is integrated to the health information system that uh, the government uses so we have another tool called mjali 
that also looks at supporting uh, delivery of healthcare services uh, within the, the work from AMREF. So we have these different tools doing different things um, and we've been able to, you know, use them and, and show evidence of, uh, you know, um, what impact they've had in terms of their utilization. But we've been losing out on the opportunity of actually uh, integrating these tools and how could they together uh, give us even better visibility in terms of what's happening within the health sector and therefore ultimately uh, improve the, um, the service delivery uh, sector. So the work that we've been doing with uh, Cognizant and, and GSK is to look at the data within these three tools. So what is the data, how is the data structured and how could it be connected in a way that you can make sense of it from uh, dashboard perspectives. And, and what has, that has done is actually to help us to close the loop uh, between education and training um, of the health workers, whether they're community health workers or what we call healthcare professionals who are within the health facilities, uh, service delivery, because we're also looking at what data is, is being collected, whether it's a household level or the facility level, uh, and collating it in a way that is comparable. And it's comparable at you know, community level, comparable at a facility level and the, and the area or the environment that that facility is serving, but also health outcomes because we're looking at comparing, um, you know, the health outcomes of a particular location, but also comparing that to, you know, even the national level, like, you know, what are the maternal indicators saying? What are the newborn uh, indicators saying? Uh, malaria, HIV, TB, all these different areas. So actually being able to begin to, to link, uh, you know, education and training and the, and the health workers that you have, the services that they're providing and how that links with the health outcomes. And so you, this would allow then somebody who's working in these different places to say, okay, we see that, you know, this has worked well, why has it worked well? And so should we do more of this? Or this doesn't seem to be working. And so perhaps there's need for some more investment in this. So what really it has done is to create like a, a one-stop shop to be able to tell these different things. And of course, we'd be looking at taking those learnings, the more and more that we go on using these um, tools to a level where we're advocating with the government to say, this is what we're seeing, you know, how, how can you use this to change policy and practice and so forth. So I think the work that we're doing for, for me is, is really exciting because uh, within the health sector, whether it's the public sector or the private sector, many times um, there's a lot of data. Uh, sometimes it's not the right data and sometimes it's that it's not being um, connected to tell us a, a more powerful story. So this is for me what I think that, you know, is really exciting about the work that we're doing with Cognizant and GSK. Yes. Everything that she says in there is particularly around um, the, the bit around, you know, linking health outcomes and comparing health outcomes for different communities and, you know, at the household level. I and mean, that, that is so powerful to be able to actually reflect on that data. So I, I thought that was particularly yes. powerful. Yeah, yeah, and then being able to use the data to, to focus influence care, policy. Yeah, influence exactly. policy, which and the, is... And the details she called out, right, just demographic, which county is affected or where do we have volunteers, right? So we, we did a simple report just by filtering a, a KPI to show them 
that they have so many Android mobile phones that they're operating on and there's so many on, on the Mac, right? And even if they have to roll out for these house, uh, their service delivery tool or an update, they need to understand in which demography what mobile phones are worked on. Can, can this release go on to that, right? They, they did not because until now they release uh, software and then like it's not working. I'm not, I'm not able to use it, so they go back to it, right? So now they understand if I have to roll out this into a village, into a county, the devices used, these are the devices, so I make appropriate plans to roll out a particular change, right? So to, that, to the details that he's talking about, it's small KPIs, but now they understand what they do and how they plan for rollouts and projects. So to, you know, obviously you've, you've done the engineering. Um, what does it mean now? Uh, we, people have got it in their hands. What are they doing with it? Okay, so Amrivers initially, they wanted to pull out reports, integrate these systems. But what we've made possible today is we solved three things for them. One is to get real-time insights, because for them, it's a report that they get every week or a month to see what has happened in the projects. But today, it is a real-time insights that they get on the live. And then this also helps them to plan future projects. And how do they make future planning for future projects is they have a training system which tells I've run course one, two, three, four. That's like various courses that they run, then they give you scores on these courses. And you get to see each cohort has scored what is the past score that they've run, right? So, so say example, you've got a 100 people cohort doing a particular course and 75% of them passed with distinction, right? So now, but now the reports tell them intelligent data you had a cohort of 100 people doing this. Most of them passed with distinction, but they, when they were deployed on the ground, they were not performing or they're performing highly right, right? And why is that they're able to do a course correction in their actual course where they have to make changes? This is one thing that they're, it's one of the key thing. And also learn from these projects, uh, take it as project learnings to, to future projects where they have to plan, right? So one is giving them insights. It helps them make decisions where they should be focusing for future projects, which is also fed into ministries of wealth, where the budgets and focus should be. And it also helps them as they plan the projects, how do they manage the demand and supply? The, the, the supply comes from the training, which is the community health workers, and the demand gets generated from the household data that they capture, right? So all these three things, it's make it's going to make them more robust and the care that they give from a public care perspective is being going to be more effective in these countries. Just alluding to what Satish said at the start, it's matching demand and supply. That, that's really what it is. Where are, the health, uh, where are they seeing poor health outcomes? Have they got the people in the communities um, to actually go and make changes to those health outcomes? That's one side of demand versus supply. And the second thing is they now have the data which they can take to you know various governments. This is and tell them this is why you need to change your policy. So it's those real things ultimately is what it's making a difference to. It's demand supply matching, tracking who's available, building capabilities where there are poor health outcomes, and then influencing governments with that data to make sure that they have better health policies for the particular affected areas. I think that's really key. And another thing on the training, as I said, right, some courses are very popular. A lot of people register for those courses, but the outcome post-training, they don't get onto the uh, field to do that. Or when they get onto the field, the performance, right, when they call performance, they're not able to get a lot of referrals from the households to act on, right? But at the same time, we also showed them there's a different trend in the data that they have. There is some some of the health workers do amazing very well, right? So they're like performing at 85, 90 percentage from a performance standpoint. They refer a lot of referrals from the households. 
are they trained health workers no they're just volunteers so what's the difference so they're able to make understand this trend and bring this data models into back to the courses just not popular courses effective courses that needs to be propaganda or published and marketed more so that they get the supply from the training that they do so isn't the magic thing about this is that you you there's tracking of the healthcare workers and the training and and how well they're doing with actually the outcome that, that individual healthcare worker yeah. is having, having yeah. at the front line so how yes. many people they're referring how many people they're seeing and it's being able to see that data set in one place connecting the training with the outcomes just unlocks so much value i mean and it's the granularity of it as well you can see it at a single healthcare yes. worker level you can aggregate that one level up to you know communities uh, to counties to you know the country right yep. it's the aggregation of that data it's really exciting and we bring all the countries together as well demographically they can see how it's spread across the globe where they're operating as well right so gives them a complete picture and we call it single pane of glass there are three systems there are four reporting systems now it is one url you use and then it gives you on a single pane of glass as diana was saying there's um, remarkable usefulness being found in in the platform already um now that the work's done, what um, it, what does it mean for the future going forward? How are they? Uh, how have you set it up to make sure that AMREF can continue to to get usefulness out of it over time? See the way that we've designed the platform, and we've thought through from a design and the implementation standpoint for us to be more robust and scalable. So initially, they're loading or they're going live in eight to ten different countries in Africa. But we have designed the solution to scale in as many countries that they want to onboard for the way they're operating. And also we have made sure the technologies that we have used, we talked about open source technologies that we have used. We made sure AMREF is onboarded to those technologies. We've given them initial training so that they can manage on their own, they're on their own. And they can come back to Cognizant at any time for help, but we have made sure they're on their own to manage them as they go forward. Right, so it's the foundational piece of uh, technology. And I think Diana was really clear on um, what kind of insights and help that's going to be able to provide. Um, she uh, additionally spoke at great depth about just the granularity of, of information that she can get, where you can be using information uh, provided by these dashboards to essentially heat map, heat map communities, in particular in terms of how disease presents itself. It's not, uh, we're guilty over here of tending to just assume broad brush things uh, about malaria or uh, ebola and you know if there's an outbreak in africa somehow it just sort of stops there in our minds it's like right yes this entire vast continent it's not like that malaria isn't even like that in relatively small areas and so she was saying that by being able to extrapolate data from these sources um, you can then make much more informed decisions about where you're targeting your um, you know your your quite restricted resources to make sure you're getting maximum bang for any of your healthcare bucks and so it's that sort of thing that's going to make a massive difference i think would, would you agree with me on that fiona presumably this is in keeping with your global brief yeah uh, generally it's really interesting because these are resource limited settings so any wastage is a is a terrible shame it means you're not having the impact you can and taking malaria that 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 kind of is a bit unpredictable and um, there's usually seasons but different uh, regions and um, villages can have outbreaks at different times and actually having a way to be able to predict that and then to focus care and healthcare workers and education in that area is amazing because you could really have a significant impact and even you know, looking into the future some of the things 
which we're working on around malaria vaccines, is there some future where you can start linking intelligence that you get from the ground with actually areas where you need to focus also on your um, treatments and prevention. So it's it's very cool. Yeah, and so um, how from a GSK perspective, what what we've got here is a foundational level of connectivity at the beginning of it, which enables these sorts of tools to be imagined. Um, from a uh, from the perspective of, of a of a company of the of the heft of GSK and and a, a strategy towards global health, um, how important is this kind of digital innovation? Um, without taking away from AMREF for a minute, but just globally in terms of addressing a lot of problems that we're that we're looking at yeah thank you um so we're obviously hugely embedded in healthcare and treatment and our mission is to um get ahead of disease um through our talent technology and people so this is really part of what we think that we're here for and um reaching 2.5 billion people is our ambition over the next 10 years and to do that we have to look at some of the underserved people in the world. It's not enough just to go for the people in countries uh, that are wealthy and can afford it. So when you start looking at that, then the challenges are more than just developing great new medicines and vaccines, but also become how actually you make them accessible to people who need them. And partly that's around things like supply chains and pricing, but partly, and actually to a huge extent, particularly in, in sub-Saharan African countries, it's about the healthcare infrastructure on the ground, which um, is trained, is professional, is able to take the innovation and use it in the best in the way that's most appropriate to actually have impact on people. You know, innovation, new vaccines without actually getting to people who need them is is pointless. And I think that's why this is so exciting. Um, it was clear to us that we didn't have the capabilities on our own to do this. We are not tech experts, but we did know a lot of tech experts, and it was just a beautiful marriage. I think when it came together and, and the three organisations came together to do something, I think pretty special. It, it definitely is, and I think the the amount of time that um, uh, I've learnt that has been contributed by you, Satish, by others, um, that as far as I'm aware, just completely outside the realm of what normal hours look like, because it's it's meaningful and it's impactful, and we can already see that, that it's actually beginning to change lives. And I assume you're happy to encourage that sort of thing within within these walls, right? Absolutely. I, I think, um, you know, that's very core to our mission statement as a company as well, which is around improving people's lives by engineering outcomes. So, you know, I think really um, from our perspective, we are looking for opportunities uh, to engage in this sort of work. Um, you know, we I, I think this was uh, a fantastic opportunity to be really focused on a particular set of problems and actually develop the problem uh, and expand it. But um, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the team are now looking at how can we do more of this? Um, and Satish himself has a fantastic track record uh, of actually working just even within the UK around, uh, you know, focused on community health. So it's a case of what are the uh, other opportunities out there? We are, we are seeking those and, and we certainly want to be uh, engaged in helping that. Well, there you go. That's a general call out to anybody that might be listening. Uh, we'll uh, we'll give out your email address. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we won't. We won't do that. Um, I just want to recognise the team yeah, that's done sure. this as well, because I yeah. think um, ultimately we can sit here and talk about it. They've actually done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you see it, I mean, you know, when, when I when I saw the product and I got a 15, 20 minute demo yesterday, it just it's just mind bogglingly cool. <laughs> right, really, honestly, it, it, there is no other word to do, no other words to describe. Well, there are probably others, but that for me was what came what came into my head. I would say the team that worked along with me is an A team within Cognizant. 
because this is not a kind of a project that we do on a daily basis. It's a, it was a challenge and it was a passion that we got into this in a hackathon. That from there we got this. Uh, but I call it names here. People like uh, Sheikh and Shakti, Magesh and Radhika and Sasikala, right? Uh, along with me. So I was the architect or the chief architect, or lead for this and all of that. But I would not have been successful or the project would have not been successful even without a single person of them, right? We never had a downtime or a load in the project, right? So these people, they don't get tired and that keeps me pushing. I have to go even faster than them. <laughs> That's the team over. Honestly, what you've achieved is incredible and I'm so proud to have been a small part of it. So thank you to you and the team. But I think that, that's actually quite a nice point to, to wrap up our conversation, I think. Um, uh, we've got more good to go and do with our tech, hopefully. Um, there's also going to be some additional editorial and in video if you're interested in finding out what the, uh, the people, what these voices look like. Um, <laughs> um, you can come to techforgood.net to, to see all that. And I would encourage everyone to go and have a look at amref.org as well to find out a bit more about the, uh, the work that Amref uh, is getting up to but thanks very much for joining us today everyone um, it's been a, a fascinating chat and until next time goodbye that was the tech for good podcast visit techforgood.net to listen to more or subscribe via spotify apple podcasts google podcasts or stitcher